This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. You $5 a month, you can get uh, ad-free episodes, you can get bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. You also, everyone, can get access to our Discord server and Facebook page, all that good stuff. Hello. Hey. So much easier when this isn't freakishly late at night. Oh my God, but truly I have not had a day off since last week's spoke, so I'm not like thriving quite yet, but I got a weirdly a lot of positive feedback and people were like, you said this and it was funny and I'm like, I, I'm, I don't remember. I don't remember a <laughs> single word I said. I don't barely remember that night what i appreciate is that that means all of this stuff will be fresh to you and i'm very excited to hear your takes on all this crazy yeah the more time i'm spending at the bar and shockingly the less time i have to fuck around on social media which is a blessing and a curse i guess (laughs) all right so let's start with this story uh a second grader was kicked out of victory christian academy in jacksonville florida by the way our regards to everyone caught in florida right now hope you're safe and well hope everyone's staying safe uh she was kicked out of this private christian school uh, because her parents didn't want her to participate in a particular homework assignment and they raised the issue with the teacher and the end of the story is they kicked the girl out of the school so you know this was bad What was the assignment? Let me read it to you. Okay. Uh, It was a four-part homework assignment. Part one, practice Psalm uh, chapter 24, verses one and two, with an adult three times. I don't really know what that means. You're maybe reciting it with them. No big deal. Number two, this Uh is the problem. Send picture of you doing reading homework Mm -hmm. in bathtub. You heard me. Excuse. I'm sorry. I, I can't even actually speechless. Send send picture to whom? The teacher. A, send of a picture. picture of you in a bathtub reading the Bible? Just reading homework. Just reading, reading a homework. book. Homework. In the bathtub. In though. the bathtub. Yeah. So. Hey, that's deeply not. Jesus Christ, that's fucked up. What the fuck? Fuck. So the mother in this case, her name is Misty Dunham. She saw that assignment and she decided. No, thank you, please. <laughs> she wrote a note back to the teacher on the homework. It says, uh, and I'm not going to use the girl's name here, but my daughter will not be taking pictures in the bathtub. We do not condone uh, taking pictures in the bathroom. Which is entirely appropriate for them to say. And here, okay, so I was trying to think at this point, Uh what the hell was the teacher going for? Because the gut reaction is, well, that's disturbing. This is stupid, but what's part four? Uh, The other two assignments were basic, like practice your shit. Okay. Fine, whatever. Was this the only photo-based assignment? Yes, yes. This is (laughs) a massive red flag. Yeah, so like there's a couple options here. One is that has this been going on for a while and this teacher is just amassing photos of kids in bathtubs, which would be disturbing. Wildly inappropriate. Best case scenario here. This is what I assume 
the teacher was going for is they didn't say take your clothes off. They didn't say wear nothing. They didn't say like have water in the bathtub. Maybe it's we just want to see you reading anywhere and everywhere. So like wear your PJs in a dry bathtub with a book. It's cute. Take a picture of yourself reading in a fun little lo- no, location in the bathtub. No, that's not what that is. But it didn't say that. No, and even if it did, that wouldn't be inappropriate. I, I je- <laughs> no, I'm serious. I do not. What is a scenario where an assignment would involve sending a picture of your kit to your teacher? Besides like, I, I, I besides like, oh, if you're at, I don't I've know. Seen, I've seen definitely homework assignments where it's like, take a picture at home, bring it to school with you. It's, it's innocuous. It's fine. Uh, I don't care about those. Yeah, I guess I'm just I old. do get the weirdness of it's in the bathroom, but also whatever. If you just said... You know, with clothes on, of course, and in the bathtub, just to show reading can be fun because you could do it anywhere. I could, I don't think I would care, but that's not what it said. No, and the version of that is show me, send us a picture of you reading somewhere unexpected, parentheses like the park, which would have been the bathtub, which would be inappropriate, but if it was contextualized in a and that's the key, it's the context, and it wasn't there. So, uh, according to the mother. She said, I emailed the teachers like, hey, you may want to explain that. Send something out to the parents. Let them know what the intentions are. This just does not sound okay. And the teacher did send a message saying, quote, you should be in pajamas, be in your uniform, have fun with it. Okay. But still. Okay. So what she actually said, according to a like disciplinary report of sorts. Okay. Uh, according to a police report, which the teacher actually wrote back is, we've been sending this homework assignment home for years and you're the only one complaining about it. Just cover your child in pillows or pajamas then. That was the wrong response. As if like a clothed child or like covered up with pillows, but implied that they're not wearing anything, yeah. like as if that's an exception to the no, rule. No, no, no. The way which this is person weird. phrases it is like, well, listen, everybody else is cool sending a picture of their <laughs> kid all naked, but yeah. if you're gonna be all prudish about it, <laughs> put some pillows over there or like some tastefully applied shadows. All, all this teacher had to do is say, "You're right. I I badly worded that. Of yeah. course, kids have to be clothed. Yes. And the whole point is just take a picture of somewhere reading that isn't like a normal chair or a table, like." Just take a picture somewhere fun. Had the teacher done that, all problems averted. But not what they said. At that point, the, t- the mother... And the teacher definitely admitted they were wrong. They didn't double down, right? Didn't do anything like that. Neo. So, by the way, I should say this teacher was hired in August. She's oh. a new teacher. But apparently the school said we've been doing this for years. So I don't know how that makes anything better. But, okay. At this point, the mother and her husband reach out to the school's administration uh-huh. and as well as the local sheriff's office. Good. Because they just Good wanted to her. document their concerns yeah. more than anything else. I really respect this woman <laughs> right? a whole lot. And a police officer said, just don't do that part of the homework assignment. We'll take this down and stuff. But for now, just don't do that part of the homework. Trust us, the police, to follow <laughs> up on things, right. which we famously so, do. Days later, the family gets a call from an administrator telling them to withdraw their child from the school. No. Like, I know you think there's a passage I just missed there. Nope. A couple days after that, like, they went to the cops. The school said, you should take your kid out of our school. And the parents said, no. And then the school said, all right, well, we're kicking her out. Um, According to the mother... 
He said, I think you guys should do a parental withdrawal for the child. I said, I can't. I can't do that. We refuse to withdraw her, Misty said. He said, okay, thank you for saying that, and continued saying, well, we're going to proceed with an administration withdrawal. Yeah. They're kicking this second grader, second uh-huh, grader, you said, uh-huh. out of school uh-huh. because her parents thought it was inappropriate for a teacher to be collecting various st- pictures of students in a bathtub uh-huh. in an unclear state of dress or undress. Yeah, and the whole situation, again, And the one, bad guy is <laughs> the, the mom? The whole situation could have been averted had the teacher just said, I, you're right, I missed... Uh, I didn't explain that well. Here's what I actually meant. Well, the whole thing could Sent be... It to everybody. The whole thing would have been averted if we didn't have a country that prized religion over right. children's safety. Like, but imagine maybe, if maybe a, I've got too big on that one. public school... It just, if a public school teacher did this, if a gay teacher happened Jesus to do this in Christ, Florida, let's just imagine? say Florida, what the hell would the right-wing reaction be? But again, anyway... To me, this whole thing is just a microcosm of Christianity's treatment of sexual abuse in general, Mm -hmm. which is that a girl correctly told her parents what was going on. The family basically said, we're not comfortable with what an adult is doing Uh in this religious organization. And the church's response was to punish the girl, not the adult who actually did the wrong thing. Yeah, that sounds Tells right. you everything you need to know about this place. And by the way, in subsequent reporting since last week, the school has not said anything more about this, mm. and they don't have to. It's a private school. Right. But it's not like they've come back and said, listen, there's miscommunication going on everywhere. The portrayal of our school in the media was wrong. They didn't do any of that. Of course not. And by the way, I should say the girl was taken out of the school. Like the family pulled her out of that school. I don't know where she is now. But I I feel bad in the sense that you're taking an eight-year-old girl who did nothing wrong Mm. in the school year's already started. Mm -hmm. And to take her in the middle of the school year. I know it's early, but it's the middle of the school year. Like older, enough, old if. Okay. It's that age. You don't want to take her out of school. Yeah, so they're just making friends, just getting independent and comfortable in a new environment. Like, oh, fuck these people. Truly. How, how, how is it possible? How did we get here? How is it possible that this school don't take pictures in the bathtub for your kids' teachers? Look around at the situation and we're like, yeah, the girl's the, the girl's the problem here. Like, what in the Handmaid's Tale? Handmaid's Tale, I don't believe, had this scene. No, what? but it definitely is a disposable look at women, and if they raise a fuss, you get rid of them. Yeah. I think they shovel toxic waste. I've read the book. <laughs> let's let's jump to a slightly happier story, I guess. Mm. Uh, this involves the Illinois gubernatorial race. So we have J.B. Pritzker, who's the Democrat, oh, who's boy. the governor, and he's running up. Uh, He's running against Republican Darren Bailey. Mm. Um, Odds are Illinois is a blue state. J.B. Pritzker is not going to have much of a problem in this election. But what has been really interesting to see is he's not letting, he's not taking his foot off the gas pedal here. They're still running ads like crazy against um, Pritzker. Pritzker is still running ads against Darren Bailey. Well, he has all of the money. He does have all of the money. And he's surprisingly like not evil about it yet yeah. i've been surprised pleasantly surprised listen i re- i retain a sense of skepticism but so far he has not <laughs> done anything that is 
as bad as everything else in the <laughs> <So> country. <laughs> here's what's interesting. Yeah. One of the ways they've decided to go after Darren Bailey, and this is why I want to talk about this, because I've never seen this before. Okay. I know very little about Darren Bailey. You I'm don't need to. Great. I mean, he's a mega guy. He's a right-wing extremist. Election. He's yeah, like, he's backed off the election fraud thing, but all the other mega things you would expect Totally on board with it. So right now in sure, Illinois. Protect the borders of Illinois, yeah, famously. <laughs> they've gone after his abortion extremism. He yeah. compared uh, abortion to the Holocaust. That's been a popular uh, ad against him. But here's the thing that surprised me. Even in Illinois, this surprised me in a relatively blue state. Darren Bailey lives in a rural part of Illinois, and he's an, he's a right-wing Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple years ago, he and his wife started a private Christian school. That in itself, I mean, not that weird. Okay. The thing that was interesting is a couple profiles about Darren Bailey have mentioned that this private Christian school uses Bob Jones University Press textbooks as for their curriculum. Okay. And if you've ever studied like or read about fundamentalist Christian schools, then BJU Press Mm -hmm. should stand out because they're effing insane. Yeah. And so this latest commercial, I'm going to play you the 30-second ad, and then I will tell you about it. It actually goes to the heart of calling out the curriculum for Bob Jones University Press. So let me play this for you, and then we'll go into depth about what exactly they're talking about. Okay. Did you know Darren Bailey runs a school? And they use quite the curriculum, the same one that taught lessons like women in the workforce have been harmful to America. Evolution isn't real. Dinosaurs and humans were definitely on Earth at the same time. I have that book. Gay people have no more claims to special rights than child molesters or rapists. Whoa. The majority of slaveholders treated their slaves well. Class dismissed. Darren Bailey is too extreme for Illinois. I gotta say. Wow. First of all, top shelf scary uh, <laughs> ep- <laughs> scary voice scary that music. he had. Bobby Newport never worked a real job yeah. in his life. I, I have to say, like, I have only sometimes heard uh, Democrats going after Christian extremists, but usually in the context of abortion rights. Sure. I cannot remember, and, and maybe I'm just missing. I, I looked for it. I couldn't find any. Yeah. Um, I can't remember them going after someone for being a creationist in a high stakes race like this one. Yeah. And this is an ad put out, by the way, by the governor's campaign, not some third party. Um, And also Mm. going after him for like, they treat women badly. They act like slavery, like they downplay the the founding fathers. Really stood out to me because that feel, I feel like the whole critical race theory thing, which is obviously a right wing boogeyman because it's, it's a boogeyman. I don't need to explain yeah. what a boogeyman is. But so I would think that Democrats would think it was smarter to just like sort of not address that and let them kind of run that into the ground and be right, a boogeyman about it. Because you don't want it. anyone to get mad at you for attacking Christianity right. or attacking Christians. And this but is not that. But what was it? He believes the majority of slaveholders treated oh. their slaves well. Was yeah, this is an actual quote from uh, U.S. History which is one of their textbooks, the majority of slaveholders treated their slaves well. Which, what exactly are you basing that on? Because at some point when you get to your own slaves, Mm -hmm. I think we're done with the conversation about how they treated them. Yeah, even if that was true... I treat the guy locked up in my basement fantastically. I don't even think you treat him as well as you think you do. mm. You only let him out for like a half hour a day. Which is more than the other... 
I mean, listen, uh, yeah, he shouldn't complain. He knows what he could get. But truly, like, what are what is the matter with these? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I love but, this you know, because uh, Bailey didn't say this stuff. They're literally going after the fundamentalist Christian curriculum. Um, the other things he said, and again, this is a quote, gay people have no more claim to special rights than child molesters or rapists. Is that? That's do a you quote know what from that's, the textbook. Wait, 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 oh, wait. It is? Yeah. Wait, that's like... That's a lifted. It's not a recontextualization of teachers resource guide to current events. Uh, Mother Jones, the magazine, progressive magazine documented several of these. I will say I have not found the source material that says this is the woman part of it. The contribution that women made in the workforce was not without its costs. That's the quotation they include. I have not found where that came from. Us. Mm-hmm. But the other one they mentioned, dinosaurs and humans were definitely on the earth at the same time. The definitely really made me chuckle. Yeah. Is that also a, are all That's these a direct literal quote lifted from, quotes? That I, one's from Life Science. I know I keep asking that, but it's just too weird. Yeah, they're even in quotation marks in the in the wow. screenshot that they show. So I mean, again, I love definitely love love, love that because you can't even go to Bailey and say you didn't actually support this, did you? These are his beliefs. Yeah. You get like yeah. this is the textbooks they are using in his school. He doesn't run it, by the way. His daughter runs it now. But like these are the textbooks they use. They've been discussed and dissected ad nauseum for years. Sure. Sure. By reporters and ex-fundamentalists who are like, you guys don't understand what my science books were like when I went to school. Right. Because they say insane things. Yeah. Do you, oh boy. I don't know. Do you think that um, this could backfire? Do you think? I. That's my question. Like, Is he going to be like, people, you're attacking my religion? Because he doesn't If I were Darren say, Bailey's campaign, that is what I would say. I yeah. haven't heard him do it yet. But again, to be clear... Pritzker is Jewish. He's been very devout, uh, uh, very outspoken about his faith. He's Jewish. And he's, there are plenty of Christians in his uh, cabinet, in his mm. administration. It is very clear he is not attacking Christianity. Right. He's saying these things go against not just state values, our general values. It's anti-factual, the mm-hmm. thing about dinosaurs and humans. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not true. Right. This has nothing to do with his faith. Yeah. So if Bailey tries to fight back against it, what are you going to say? We didn't say that in the textbook that we totally used. No, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're absolutely going to do... Um to pretend that they're being martyred, which, by the way, did I send a picture of this to you? Um, my my coworker um, received a few like phone newspapers that are oh. like propaganda. So here's the story with those. Okay. There is a rich Republican in the state of Illinois who's been sending fake newspapers across, I mean, large parts of the state, I Truly. think. Truly, and, and several editions. And they look like real newspapers. And your first question is, I didn't know I get a newspaper these days. And you and it has the title that makes it sound like it's your local paper. Uh-huh. And the back page is like, here are the local athletes. And then you open it up and it's like Breitbart News. Uh-huh. It it's wild. Yeah. They say some bonkers stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's still doing it. They long story with that. I, I will say one thing that the commercial that we just played does not include uh-huh. and that Pritzker has not gone after, which surprised me a bit. The textbooks that they're talking about are from Bob Jones University Press. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about Bob Jones University, and here's what you need to know about Bob Jones University. Glazed over that. They did not accept black students until the 1970s. Mm. 
they banned interracial dating until guess when? Ooh, uh, 2004. 2000. And that was only because George W. Bush made an appearance and people were pissed off. And they're like, I all right, we're going to change that. that happening. So they banned interracial that. dating until 2000 because their reasoning, it breaks down the barriers God has established. Um, and by the way, guess when they finally. You know what else breaks down barriers? <laughs> Boats. You know? If God put us on those little islands and didn't want us to leave, then really he shouldn't have let us figure out boats or any flight, technology. Yeah. Or doors. Bar- and doors Bob are very Jones effective University barriers. did not observe <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday until guess when? <sighs> well, when did it become a holiday? A uh, long time ago. Okay, 19. You are wrong. 2010? 17. 2017, like yesterday. That's when they started observing Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday as a holiday. What? That's Bob Jones University. Uh, And they didn't even touch that stuff. That's the curriculum Darren Bailey wants to use. Can I do a quick anecdote about MLK and the importance of education? Go on. Um, I was in a lit class and we were, and, and MLK came up. And somebody told a story, and I went to school in Ball State, so I went to, I, a lot of my friends grew up in kind of more rural and very conservative areas. Um, and apparently, the story he told is that one day some, uh, excuse me, on Martin Luther, on MLK Day, some dude brought his kid in, and nobody was there, and he, like, called the cops, and he was like, I don't observe it. I'm not going to observe that uppity N-word. Yeesh. And was like mad that school was closed because of MLK. And so I was like, and that is truly for both sides of it, for me to know that I did not know people were like that. I didn't know people didn't believe in evolution until I was a (laughs) senior in college. Like, I thought we were all just like winking at each other. Like, nobody believes this, right? Like, (laughs) anyway. Then you met other humans. Yeah, then I met other humans who believe other things. Alternative facts, I believe they called me. <laughs> yeah. um, for And again, the reason I think all this matters for Darren Bailey, this is a guy who's part of his campaign has been criticizing public education and what's being taught in the classroom using sure, right-wing myths. we should be teaching like, them that dinosaurs were saddles. Yeah, how dare you teach critical race theory? It's like, can you define it? No. no. Um, critical race theory is saying that slavery was bad, boo. <laughs> like, and yet, this is what this guy is teaching in his schools. It's like, this guy has no business being overseeing, being yeah. in charge, even hypothetically, of public schools anywhere. Truly the funniest thing to me about, like, conservatives being angry about critical race theory is that, like, the easiest gimme in the entire world is, hey, slavery was bad. Hey, owning humans was immoral. We shouldn't do that. We discourage that kind of be Like, that's a slam dunk. You can talk to Instead. 99% <laughs> of people. Slavery is bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slavery is bad. Sure, 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 sure. And they just pride themselves in taking the worst stance <laughs> and then whipping their little uh, base yeah. up into a frenzy. And slavery everyone's like, was bad. Was but slavery okay? You no, know, but the slave owners. The slave well, owner taught one of his slaves to read one. So basically <laughs> a benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> what monsters, what absolute which one fools these people are. Didn't one of them have a flute that Lizzo played, and now everyone's mad about that? Oh, can we talk about that? You got one minute. Okay, um, so there is a beautiful, cr- famous crystal flute. Famous, I learned about it two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Lizzo, who is a uh, amazing musical artist, if you don't know, and she's also a fat black woman who's a dancer and a, and a classically trained flautist. She was given permission by the Library of Congress to play this flute that was given to James Madison, made out of crystal, and she played like head practice behind the scenes, brought it out on stage, played for maybe 25 seconds, twerked a little bit while she's doing a little <laughs> trill on it, and then put it back. Gave it back to the Library of Congress. Immediately. Woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. she she was maybe holding it for 30 seconds on stage. They were very careful. And Apparently, people lost their ever-loving minds. <laughs> they're so mad about something they didn't know existed four seconds ago, and they're like, "What?" And I still don't this know what they're mad is about. What our constitution. I've had is a tattoo about. of this flute since <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> they could not. This is going back to like I care about women's sports. Oh, the WNBA championships just happened. Who won? Oh, What's um, the WNBA? Like nothing. They Truly. don't actually like, care. There's definitely a metaphor that the flute is like delicate and, <laughs> and brittle. <laughs> <laughs> the flute's name is Ben Shapiro. Hey. Uh, all right, let's talk about this thing because I saw atheists spreading this rumor and it made me <gasps> mad. Atheists? I know. How um, dare you? A good atheist or a bad atheist? Well, they're fine. They're well-intentioned people, but I Aww. saw this going viral on TikTok, and then I saw other people spreading it, too. Wait, the are you claim, on TikTok, or you just saw that it went viral? I am everywhere, damn it. Okay. I saw a bunch Calm of... Calm down. Jesus. Here's what they're saying. <laughs> they're saying that Tennessee makes its license plates in such a way that it makes it easier for cops to figure out who's religious and who's not religious which in theory would mean they have an easy way to target non-religious drivers. And here's where this is coming from, because the basis for it is true. The conclusion people are drawing, I don't really buy. So here's where this is coming from. In 2017, Mm -hmm. the state's very red, run by Republicans. In 2017, the state's legislature passed a bill that said, Let's sell license plates that say, in God, we trust on them. Uh Christian nationalist type of bill. It's one of those things that's very hard to challenge in the courts. But they had a regular regular license plate that had no religious language. They said, well, let's make this one available to people as well. Literally exactly what Indiana did Mm -hmm. in like 2007. Mm Mm-hmm. And they, they wanted to actually mandate those words on all the plates. Well. But after they were told uh, that could lead to a legal problem, they just said, fine, let's just make both options available mm-hmm. for free for anyone who needs a plate, mm-hmm. and they can choose. Um, so anyone getting a new license plate could choose between the blank one and the one that says, in God we trust on it. Now, here's the problem with that. When you have two different default license plates, you can't just, like, the system... I think is going to give them, you could get the same license plate numbers on two different plates. Oh, sure. Even though they look from a distance, pretty similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're looking at plates. You can't really see in God we trust because it's in small font. Okay. But theoretically they could have the same combination Uh of license plate numbers, but because they are different plates, those are two different things. Okay. That's a problem because you don't want the same numbers on the road Right. Just differentiated by, like, the design of the mm-hmm. license plate. So what did Indiana... That's how people get shot. <laughs> so what did Indiana do? Yeah, you don't want cops making a mistake Wait, about... Wait, Tennessee? Tra- I'm sorry, Tennessee. Okay. So what did Tennessee do? They said, here's what we're going to do. We have two different default license plates going around now. Uh-huh. A religious one, a non-religious one. Well... In one case, like the old plates that did not have In God We Trust, Mm -hmm. we will have it go letter, 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 number, 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 number. 
That's that's the way we do it. But for the new in God we trust plates, we'll go number, 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 letter, 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 letter. So we'll okay. switch the order of the numbers and the letters. That technically opens the door for more combinations to begin with. Yeah. But it also makes it easier for everyone to distinguish the in God we trust plates from the non in God we trust. That's all that matters here. Okay. You can differentiate these. That happened in 2017. No one cared because other states have done the exact same thing when they have multiple default plates available for people. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm looking at the plate right now. Can I kind of describe it yeah, a little please. bit to, to help? Okay, because truly the Tennessee plates I'm used to seeing have like kind of the rolling green hills on them. But when I was uh, driving through Tennessee, I saw these new ones as well. So they're like navy blue. Um, and they have a circle in the center of them, which I assume is part of their flag or something with three flags. With and three stars in them. Thank yeah. you, with three yeah. stars. Uh, and with In God We Trust over it. So it's like... It's like Captain America shield. Yes, With exactly In God right. We Trust written and over it. And just snack it. in the middle. So you're right. It's very small and not noticeable from a yeah. di- distance. So here's the thing. Earlier, this, this all happened again, 2017. No one cared. No one really noticed, because why would you? Right. This year... Tennessee redesigned their license plates separately from everything we've just been discussing. They redesigned them. That means anyone renewing their plates from this point forward will have to get a new license plate. Right. So when this started happening, you see more people notice the change between which plates have letters first and which plates have numbers first. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden you start seeing this conspiracy theory. I will even say well-intentioned conspiracy Mm. because they're saying... Tennessee's new design makes it so you could spot who did not want the In God We Trust plate. I see. And the thing is, first of all, it's been on the road for like five years. You didn't care. Mm. Uh, But two, you're implying that the cops are out looking for who does not have the In God We Trust plate as if they're going to treat them any differently. And listen, there's plenty of criticism for the cops. Mm -hmm. I have not seen a single story, heard of a single incident where a cop stopped someone because it was easy to spot who had the atheist plate um, and did anything about it. I haven't seen any evidence of that happening. Okay. So I just want to squash this rumor right now. I so should it's also, not to say that it's impossible that it is happening, but there's no evidence. That is correct. That it is. And I should say. And if it is, please tell us. Yeah, please do. It's not like the lone atheists Mm. in the state are the only ones getting the secular plates. Tennessee drivers are actually pretty evenly split when it comes to who's getting these plates. This is from the state's Department of Revenue, which oversees these plates. 54% of the new plates this year are uh, have in God we trust on them. Hmm. So about half and half. And in some counties, definitely the rural ones, Mm. like everyone's getting in God we trust on them. Other ones, not so much, by a long shot. So again, depends where you live, but that wasn't really surprising. I I understand why people might be freaking out about it, Uh but I'm just not seeing the conspiracy there. Yeah, and by, at least as of this spring, I would say 75% of Tennessee drivers seem to have those new plates. So I don't know, if it was a problem, it would be a problem by now, I guess. But that's not to say, again... Not to say it isn't or won't be, but we haven't seen it. When it happens, I will treat it as such and not before then. Uh, Let's talk about what happened in Louisiana this week because this was a big story. Yes, we purchased Louisiana. It's ours now. That's so exciting. So thousands of high school seniors in Baton Rouge Mm -hmm. believed they were taking a trip to a college and career fair. 
Nothing weird about that. That sort of trip happens all the time, especially if you're a senior. Um, So they thought they were going to a college and career fair, find out what they might do in their future. Uh They were actually taken to a church for a big service called the Day of Hope. And the thing is, no no one was told about this. It's totally unethical. Wait, including the parents? Well, parents wouldn't have been there. They only found out about it if they were like chaperones or if... But that's what I'm saying. But like, if I go on a field trip, my parents need to sign it. Yeah. They need to know where I am. So I looked at the... Not not anymore. I'm 36 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking right now at the field trip form. It just says seniors only field trip, uh, free food. It does say day of hope, but it doesn't explain what that means. And, and if you're not primed to be looking for words yeah. like hope and values and family, then right. you're not going to be like, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. And so one senior uh, actually posted about this mm. after like that day. She said she pointed out it was called a day of hope. It's a phrase that has religious connotations. Mm-hmm. Students were segregated by gender Mm-mm. when the substantive part of the program began. That's weird. Uh, The speakers for the girls included a pastor who promoted abstinence and virginity. Cool. Another woman. He promoted virginity? Mm. They are so fucking gross. Go ahead. They they only talk about sex. It's the only thing on their mind. It's so gross. There was another woman who suggested kids should not date around, but just wait. God will bring you the perfect guy and only guy. Don't you forget that. But Um, like... Whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was also, this is only to the girls. Uh, Mm. There was a nurse who told a very traumatic, triggering story about her son uh, taking his own life. Which I think her intention was to show Jesus helps you. But also, no one was warned that she was going to be talking about this. And as you can imagine, talking about something traumatic without any warning. Uh, that has problems too. Especially suicide. That's yeah. a big one. Then the kids all came together after their gender segregated parts mm-hmm. and they heard a sermon from a man named, and I'm telling you his, his actual name here, Donk, who claimed... Hemet. Nope, nope, not even dwelling on it. Donk said, I D-O used to be... D-O or D-U? D-O. D-O-N-C? D-O-N-K. Donk. He claimed oh to have been paralyzed. But mm. then he prayed and got over it. Got over it. And then, then he got sentenced to life in prison. But then he got out. And that's, wait, what did he get sentenced to life in prison for? Don't know. Okay, well, usually they only do life sentences for murder. So Congrats, maybe we shouldn't donk. be celebrating Donk's permanent mm. release. And then after all that, they said, if you, accept, donk, eh? if you accept Jesus in your life, come up to the center here so we can... Oh. They did an altar call. Oh, this is wildly appropriate. Good oh, job, team. Where so is it? Oh, this is Benton Rouge, Louisiana, you said. Oh, I by the way, purchase like you said, wouldn't you have filled out the field trip yeah, form yeah, and yeah. known this was going on? There were red flags because this was taking place at the Living Faith Christian Center, which sure, is sure, a church. Sure, sure, sure. I do think that should have been a red flag in yeah. hindsight. They were sponsored by a Christian nonprofit group called 2911 Mentoring Families, 2911 is a reference to a Bible verse. Is it a good one? No. Uh, something about Jesus. I bet if I just look up 2911, that's nothing, right? I have to know the book. Yeah, you would have to know the book. Do you know the book? Uh, eh, don't ask me. Okay. So here's I the really thing. I really didn't want to look it up. I just felt obligated. The public school. Why is a public school sending any kids to something like this, especially under the guise of we're going to help you with college and your career. Yes, you are raising your hand on um, a podcast. I know why. Uh, because p- 
people are Christian nationals and they think that if they're Christian, they get special privileges and get to do whatever they want and that the rules don't apply to them. And so they can bring basically legally kidnap a bunch of children because if you are bringing people to a different place than you told them to, that's what we call kidnapping. Mm. Wait, I didn't get to the worst part. Massively inappropriate. There was another person, I believe this was a teacher, who was at the event as well, because the teachers were duped into this too. Duped or in on it? This one was not in on it. Okay, okay. But she said, when they segregated the genders and said, girls, go over there, my transgender child was discriminated against for walking out with the girls. You know, I thought about that, and I was like, you know what? I am not going to bring, like, let's just cross our fingers that all those kids were cishet, or just at least cis, rather, and, like, just didn't, that didn't come up, and yet, here we are. Uh, The same teacher added, we had females in the bathrooms crying due to the topics of the discussion, like that nurse who talked about her son. Cool. Meanwhile, the boys were left outside in the extreme heat. Um, The boys' topic was real talk, and from the beginning, there were no topics discussed, They were just like acts of male chauvinism. It's like, hey, kids, if you could do push-ups, we'll give you money. And then the boys are hyped up and egged on to do manly things like that. And then when they came back at some point, I don't know if this is before or after, donk, uh, the kids were told, oh, you want a meal ticket for your food? You got to complete a voter registration over here, which... In theory, I don't mind the voter registration part of it, but when a church is telling you to do it... Yeah, but uh, mm, that cuts both ways. uh, I can't be mad at somebody registering somebody to vote, I don't uh, think. Unless there's something I'm missing, like if they make them register with the Republican Party or something like that, which I assume can't happen, but I don't know. And then, this is from the same teacher, when the final event took place, all students were brought into the church. A female student was picked out and told by a man leading the closing, Oh, God. I'll give you $100 if you can get through me and to the stage. Like a game. Excuse me? Like, because I'm stronger than you. do not touch teenage girls, adult man. By the way, the teacher said this was after they were talked, uh, talked to about domestic violence and male control. We, 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 I on. think they had a discussion that involved, maybe it was for the guys, I'm not sure. Yeah, I really need to know a lot more details got, about that. Because I don't have that. it could either be the first time he hits you is when you leave, or it could be, hey, he, even if he hits you, you have to love him harder, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And those are not the same. Um, when the advocate, a Louisiana newspaper, reached out to the guy who runs the Christian nonprofit that sponsored this event... They said, what, the Day of Hope events have been going on for years without a problem. It's like, buddy, you're not helping your case here. This is like the fucking bathtub thing. Yeah, like, yeah. we've been doing this forever. No one complained. Why are you mad so about it? So all I'm hearing is you have not been even the slightest bit thoughtful in the last however many years. Yeah. So. I should say, Freedom From Religion Foundation and Americans United for Separation of Church and State have both separately sent letters to this uh, school district basically mm-hmm. saying, what the hell are you doing? Um, so in that so. thing, is it, in that case, is it a cease and desist or is it like... It's basically saying, explain yourself. Okay. If you're doing what we think you're doing, you better stop it. Okay. And if you don't, I mean, we've okay. sent you a warning. You don't know what our next step is. Gotcha. Um, I gotcha. So good. I don't know what happens now, but that's <sighs> frightening. Let's move to something uh, less serious before I get to something very serious. Oh, uh, let's talk about, oh, yes, this, this was tailor-made for you. 
Um, okay, here is this story. Lori Alexander, she is the transformed wife on yes. Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. Very fundamentalist Christian uh, grandmother now. Oh, congratulations, But basically Lori. spreads, well, she's been a grandmother forever. Oh. Uh, she spreads <laughs> like abstinence only, purity culture, fundamentalist Christianity mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. Everyone says she's not real. I'm telling you, I watch her videos. She is a real human. I've seen newspaper articles about where they interviewed her. Like, unless she's playing a very long con here. Yeah. She is a human. She is real. But anyway, she posted a chart today. It's called Feminists versus Christians. Basically saying if you're a feminist, you're doing this bad thing. But if you're a good Christian woman, you would do this. Oh, like Goofus and Gallant? Yes. Oh, Feminist great. edition, Did Christian Goofus and Gallant edition. made me sound like I was 500 years old. I was about to say there are four people listening to this who catch your reference and they appreciate it. Uh-huh. And everyone hey, else is they, like, what's a listen, magazine? Everyone already read highlights in the dentist's office. There's no doubt in my <laughs> mind that they know who Goofus and Gallant is. Can I is. tell you what? After I had kids, I started getting... Highlights? Uh, highlights and i'm like this still exists and are and it hasn't changed one really bit. oh they must just recycle the same things every five years because he's reading more than that uh goofus wears a mega hat are i wish oh that my god been. um are zoo books still a thing for children if so i know what i'm getting your kids for christmas <laughs> uh okay i'm gonna tell you what's on this list oh yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot. feminists raise daughters to be feminists <laughs> chris <laughs> Christians raise daughters to do God's will. I thought she was going to say to be Christians, and I would just feel like, girl, <laughs> girl, girl, girl. Okay. I to be Christians? To, be, to do God's to will. To do God's will. Which is different. You get no thoughts for yourself. You're doing is what God's Is there a difference wants. when people say God's will versus God's work, do you think? Uh, same. Synonym. Or it's like God's will what women do, and it's just have babies, <laughs> and God's work is what men do, and Probably. it's like punching women. Um. <laughs> That's Sorry. what they're going to clip. Punching women followed by laughter. Like cackling. Yeah. yeah this is Feminists for me. Yep. prepare for college and careers. Christians prepare to be wives, mothers, homemakers. Really? I w- could you just, could you read that again and change your voice? No. <laughs> Do it for the no. right. Like just, it's so funny to me of like. I've been around speech kids all day. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's there's something I find really delightful. And actually, this happened when Leah, when my uh, coworker and I were reading that, like, propaganda newspaper mm. of, like, this is what Pritzker's teaching your children. <laughs> it has the evil campaign ad voice. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, like, and, and the things are, like, that gay people are humans yeah. and that women have equal <laughs> rights. And it's, like... Just because you put it in like a big italic you know, <laughs> font doesn't mean it's bad. I just see you in the font where it switches between all caps and lowercase <laughs> exactly. when you say all that. Yeah. All right, number okay. three. Yeah, sorry. Feminists uh-huh. be independent. Be independent. Be independent. She's not a grammar person. Christians Are be dependent on God and his will. Okay. How dare you be independent? I don't, that's nothing. I thought it was, Feminists it was like whatever. Yeah. Be loud, un- outspoken. Christians, meek, quiet spirits. So far, so good. <laughs> Feminists, dress how you want. Yeah. Christians, dress modestly. I'm wearing my jammies. <laughs> Feminists, preach... This surprised me. Oh. Feminists, preaches in church. Christians, silent in church. Which... Well, that's a twist I didn't see coming. I did not see that coming, because I would have guessed you would have said feminists are godless heathens who've never opened a Bible. Feminists are hungover on Sundays or whatever. But no, the evil feminists 
are preaching, preaching in, church. in church. That is... Which makes me wonder what she calls you. Truly one of the funniest things I have ever <laughs> heard in my entire life, that the worst thing she can think of a feminist to do at church... Is preaching in is it. Is preach. She's trying to tell you God's word. How yeah, what could she? What would she call me? If that's what she thinks a feminist <laughs> is, what am I? Jezebel. Oh, feminist only. This is good. Yep. Feminist submits to no one except to boss. Christian submits to husband. Was this translated from a different language? And I'm not, this is not like me trying to be an <laughs> asshole, but this reading. very much reads as Google Translate. I know. This is how she writes. Um, whoa, whoa, wait. Can you read that Feminist one again? submits to no one, no one, parentheses, except to boss. Christians submits to husband. I, the word submit is really not sitting well with me because I was like, yeah, I guess I listen to my boss, but I, I don't know if I submit. Mm-hmm. That um, is, that that has some connotations, I'll say. A couple more here. Okay. Uh, feminists, yep. single and has abortions. Okay, counterpoint, <laughs> I'm married and infertile. Fuck you, bitch. Uh, Christians, marry, bear children, guide the home. Yeah, sorry that mm. um, God decided I couldn't have kids, so I'm barren. Feminist. And that's bad for God. Uses birth control. Christians, fruitful and multiplies. Oh, actually, I did, even though I don't think I can get pregnant, um, <laughs> I did get an IUD placed, and I would love to tell everybody about the experience in the bonus episode. <laughs> We're trying to get them to subscribe. Well, listen, I want them to subscribe. I think it's very important to hear what it's like okay, to have these kinds fair. of procedures to happen. Do I sound like a weird asshole? Yeah, but these are the <laughs> things I do. I welcome people no, into my personal what? bullshit. You are right. That I is, know I'm I'm actually right. very curious about this. Okay. Feminists fornicates. Christians pursues sexual purity. Fornicate specifically means out of wedlock, right? That's the implication? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And sexual purity, you can have sex and uh, be loophole. sexually pure because you're married? Mm, yes. All right. Uh, feminists. Uh-huh. This goes back to the preaching in church <laughs> where you're like... I don't know why. Like, Every time you say feminist, I'm like, yeah, you yeah. called? <laughs> feminist <I> something? <laughs> twists and manipulates God's word. Christians loves God's word as written. Which, which again, twists and manipulates God's word implies you are reading the Bible, but interpreting it in a way she doesn't like. Is this, which, a, is this a case of somebody who truly does not realize that there are people who don't believe in God? This is not, a, <laughs> no, no, truly, this isn't like a sarcastic question. I mean, this like was the worst fi- things she could think of are progressive right, Christians right. and not atheists. Like I, I'm thinking back 15 years ago, but when I lived in Montana, there were a few people who were like, I've literally never met an atheist. I did not know there were atheists in the world. Is that what is happening? It very well could be. I will say her handwriting is fantastic. Oh, can I see it? I love looking it's at handwriting. It's gorgeous. Okay, Come well. on by. I, uh, while Jessica's running over the table to see this gorgeous handwriting. <gasps> Beautiful. Um, one thing I should point out, uh, Lori Alexander, a few years ago, this is like maybe 2018. I don't have it in front of me. Okay. She made a flow chart back when those were memeable <laughs> uh, that basically said, should you be like a Christian wife or like a career woman? And it was basically this, but in flow chart form. I forgot about flow and chart memes. Those are fun. And it went ridiculously viral, which is the first time a lot of people encountered her. She's been doing this shit for years. Yeah. But I think that's what she's going for with her new list. Uh, but I mean, just to point out, there are plenty of Christian women who do the things on the feminist side of the ledger here. Right. There are plenty of feminists who want to be housewives, mothers. Obedient who, to God. Obe- yeah. Like 
all of this stuff, but in her world, it's just black and white. You're either all of this or none of this, and you're evil. It's an easier way to live your life, truly. Like, looking at the world through a black and white lens makes life a lot easier because if you have to consider, hey, I met this person who's diametrically opposed beliefs, but they are good at this, you have to reevaluate. And that is a thing people don't like to do because it's painful and scary. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump to a... All right, I'll do one more before I get to the serious story. Huh. This one involves a Christian preacher named Mike Winger, who is one of those, like, I do apologetic videos on sure. YouTube. And, uh, like, he has an online ministry where he answers questions, things like that. Nothing weird about that in itself. But recently, someone sent him a letter basically asking, what happens if you're a b- Christian believer and, like, you think God is talking to you and God says you should kill someone? Because in the Bible, that is what God does to Abraham. He says, Abraham, kill your son Isaac. And at the last possible second, God's like, ah, psych, don't have to do it. But you're supposed to say, look, Abraham was obedient to God, even though something bad was going to happen. You should be obedient. And I don't know, kill your son if God tells you to. Uh So I want to play you a clip of Mike Winger's response. This is a short clip from a much longer response, but this should give you the idea. Uh, here we go. Well, as a Christian, in principle, if God tells you to, to kill someone, yes, you should. It's God. But in practical reality, I really don't expect this to happen. Um, not that there can never be an exception. But if anybody comes up to me and says, God told me to kill so-and-so, my default is to think they're probably wrong. Because there's a lot more weirdos out there than there are people that God is telling to do something like that. That's the clip. Okay. Oh, so to recap boy. that. Okay. If God tells you to kill someone, he says, yeah, of course you should do it. But he's probably not going to ask you to do that. Do, so, you, do you know a ton about how schizophrenia manifests itself? Perchance? Not enough to talk about it on here. Um, so it, it, in not all cases, and I'm certainly not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but essentially a lot of it happen, it's auditory hallucinations. Mm. And frequently, as I've heard, and this is first, this is somebody describing how theirs manifests, so take it for what it's worth. But he said for him, it's, it's not like a voice in your head. It feels like it's somebody standing behind you talking to you. Mm. Like it's a very specific thing. Um, and there are any number of serial killers out there who heard that voice, who actually lived this and thought, yeah, God wants me to kill all the sex workers, the Green River killer. Um, who By the I- way, I went looking for links for people who said God told them to commit whatever horrible uh-huh. act they said. It was not hard to find a whole bunch of exactly yeah, those examples. Of course, that's how it manifests. I, I, like, this is... I, this is what I've been like digging into in the last year is like this kind of abnormal psychology and how religion treats it. I think I want to do a podcast about it. Um, but I don't think I know enough about either religion or psychology to pull it (laughs) off. Um, but anyway, so the danger of this is something like, and Oh, I'm pulling this out of my head, but there's an episode of uh, Ona Ross and Carrie that I'll post up that talks about it. Something like 1% of people will hallucinate at some point in their life, whether it's audio hallucinations or visual hallucinations or whatever. And so we should be telling children instead of whatever this is, we should be saying like, Hey, if you ever see something that nobody else sees or hear something that nobody else seems to hear, here's what you should do about it. Instead of being like, Hey, you're the special one and God is talking to you and you should. And so when you hear somebody fucking waffling, like 
oh, well, I mean, if he really told you to kill people, yeah, I guess. But I don't believe he's doing that. And here's the thing about that statement right there, which is here's the flaw in everything. Well, one of the flaws in everything he just said there is literally no way to tell the difference between what he's calling the weirdos yep. and the people who are genuinely hearing, supposedly, Truly. these voices from God, um, which means this boils down to really, do you approve of the murder that is taking place or do you not? Yeah. Like, for him, this is all some theoretical game, but by pretending that people could actually speak to God, he is suggesting there are times when maybe... The voices, you should follow the voice in your head that that it requires follow through Mm -hmm. instead of actual psychiatric help. But there is no way to discern to to people, those people who are using God as an excuse Mm -hmm. and those like carrying out the Christian God's hit list. You would think that's a major flaw in this thought experiment, but it never occurred to him. And again, this is not some random nobody on YouTube. I'm telling you, it's a fairly popular ministry online. And for a guy with his platform uh-huh. to suggest eh, there might be times you got to go through with it is I cannot stress how dangerous and stupid that is. Yeah, it's just, oh, you know, he's a good example is Dennis Ryder, the BTK killer. Oh, really? <laughs> well, he wasn't a God driven uh, murderer. He just was an absolute asshole. But he was the uh, president of his local church. Yeah. Which is always fun. Uh, I will give a hat tip to uh, Godless Engineer on YouTube who who pointed me to that segment. Mm. Um, all right, let me talk about this issue because I feel like this is only going to get bigger over the next uh, few weeks or months. This is our big scary one? This is the big scary one because I think it touches on a lot of important issues. Uh, the Sundance Film Festival recently happened, and one of the films that got a lot of attention... Uh, The old title, the working title for a long time, it's a documentary. It was called Jihad Rehab. And basically the premise of it uh, is that it takes place inside a rehabilitation facility in Saudi Arabia that supposedly caters to terrorists. Uh, So you come to our location, we will get you like out of that system. So it's literally rehabbing from being, it's not alcoholism or drug addiction and also this it's literally you were a terrorist i want to not gonna, be a terrorist we're anymore. gonna help you not be a terrorist anymore like deprogramming in cults that that's the scene. idea um it's the film is now called the unredacted uh whatever but that's anyway it takes place inside this facility the director her name is uh, meg smaker she spoke with four men who were going through that process They were all former detainees at Guantanamo Bay. Mm, And mm. she spoke with them. Hold that thought. She spoke with them about what radicalized them. And as they're going through the rehab treatment, like what regrets do you have? I'm going to read you really quick. This is what The Guardian said in a review of the film, like from January of this year. Remember, virtually no one has seen this movie yet. But some people got early releases, uh, got early previews at like film festivals. Sure. This is from The Guardian. What follows is a heady plunge into restorative justice, mind control, and cultural conditioning. This is a movie for intelligent people looking to have their preconceived notions challenged. This movie is a victory, mainly because it will frustrate viewers who need everything spoon-fed to them. Basically saying it's there's a lot of thinking you got to do with this because it's not easy to distinguish good guys from bad guys here. To me, this just feels like... 
uh, we're trying to set this up that if you don't like it, you're an idiot, <laughs> right? The, the part that people were quoting is this is a movie for intelligent people who love to have their preconceived notions That's challenged. literally what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Variety raved about it. They said there are ample reasons to admire and even be in awe of Smaker's film. And then Sundance... Uh, showed it at their festival. They actually said earlier this year, we're going to show this film oh. at our festival. And that is when their an outcry began because a lot of Muslims and Muslim allied filmmakers were like, please don't highlight. You don't have to platform this film. Like she can make it. She has the right to make it. Uh-huh. You do not have to lend your authority and credibility to this film. And they wrote an open letter to the Sundance Institute explaining what their problem was. Okay. And it was not that these are Islamic radicals who are then, like, deprogrammed. Specifically, because they wrote a very long letter, here's some of the stuff they said. Jihad Rehab, the, since its premiere in January of 2022, I'm paraphrasing, film critics have described the men in the film as terrorists, or jihadis, or otherwise suggest the men are guilty of terrorist acts. The truth is that the U.S. government detained the men unlawfully Mm. for well over a decade without charge or trial and tortured them. So there is this false narrative that these four men are all guilty of crimes Mm. when that's not how Guantanamo works, which is why so many Democrats are like, you need to shut that place down. Which I'm shocked it's still open. Another reason, they said, um, as a former CIA analyst noted, this film places those four men at risk because if like what happens when these men are speaking out against terrorists and things like that they did not know they were participating in Mm -hmm. a movie like this they thought fine i'll speak to this person about for whatever she's working on Mm -hmm. they didn't know it was going to have a worldwide release and by saying here's who i am i am no longer a terrorist right that's like i don't know go to a gang member say like yeah i quit that gang i'm no longer part of it Mm -hmm. they can find you they can find your family Mm -hmm. like you're putting them at risk by doing that another reason Many experts on Guantanamo have expressed alarm about the harm the film could cause and question the free and continued consent of the men to participate. Because basically, they were held inside this facility in Saudi Arabia. What are you going to say? Oh, no, this place sucks. You're going to say that to the Saudi government? Like, then I guess I don't understand what it is. So it's not a volunteer. It's not a, I need to get out of this life and I don't know how to. Like in my head, it's like the, um, what's the one where if you're a priest and you don't believe anymore. The clergy project. The clergy project. They like, volunteer that's what I to join that. This is not the. I don't know. But to say that these men are automatically uh, guilty. We don't know that they're guilty. They were not charged because they were held in Guantanamo. But I assume and they then, admitted this is what I have done. Yeah. I don't know if they were like told to go there or if they asked to go there okay. or what. But also, like, to suggest that they have this consent to participate, you can't expect men who have been tortured sure. for so many years to, like, freely give their consent. So ethically, sure. this film has problems. The writers of this open letter pointed out that Sundance, of all places, and I'm quoting here, they've only featured 76 movies about people that are Muslim and or people from the Middle East and North Africa. How many of them are terrorism? Yeah, and by the way, they said... Uh, I had a number here for that. Uh, Only 35% of those films were directed by people from those communities. No shit. Yeah. So the fact that that a white woman was making this movie about these brown guys, that didn't sit great. I figured she's right based on her name. Yeah. 
Um, but also they said like, and I don't have, I lied. I don't have this number in front of me, but you're right. They pointed out that when you talk about like, uh, people from Saudi Arabia or something, a good chunk of those movies portray them or feature them as terrorists. Yeah. And you are doing a disservice to Muslims yeah. by suggesting this is the way they got to be portrayed. If you ask any actor who has to play a brown character, right. like how often do you have to play a bad guy versus a normal human? Yeah. I mean, you get the concern there. So my point is Muslim filmmakers and allies They want to tell a wide range of stories. They feel they're being shoeholed into this. And Sundance, of all places, is doing this by shining a spotlight on Muslims through a focus on terrorism. Mm. You're actually making things worse for Muslims around the world. Mm. And in this case, you got ethical lapses, ignorance about the subject matter. And it's just a bad choice for Sundance uh, yeah, I guess I'm wondering why she was the person to tell this story, which... I mean, that's listen, this is if you go to any movie, anything, it's always the question of like who gets especially to tell documentaries, us, especially documentaries. Mm-hmm. What lens are you looking through? Here's blah, an interesting. Blah, blah. Yeah, here's an interesting thing that happened Hit me. after that open letter was sent out. Uh-huh. Guess who one of the producers of this film was uh-huh. Abigail Disney, who has oh. been notoriously progressive in saying wealth is wrong, yeah. that billionaires shouldn't like have all these breaks. Right. Uh, inheritance and stuff and it's like this is the uh descendant of walt disney basically saying i don't deserve this money like i'm not gonna give it away i'm mm. i have a nice life mm. she acknowledges that yeah but she's like but come on i didn't earn this stuff so she's been a pretty good voice for progressive causes mm. she was the executive producer of this film so when this open letter comes out oh. she publishes her own open letter she actually sent it to the writers of the letter privately and oh. said like if you, I mean, I'm going to send this to you because I don't want this to be a media thing. Mm-hmm. And they said, can you release it publicly? And she said, yeah, I will. And here's what her letter said. And again, it's long, but I'll read you excerpts from it. I should have found another perspective that could have strengthened my analysis of how safe the protagonist might be once the film was released. I did not put the protagonist first. I should have pushed back on the idea that the protagonist consented to appear in the film. A person cannot freely consent to anything in a carceral system, Mm -hmm. particularly one in a notoriously violent dictatorship. Number three, I did not carefully enough vet the tone and the language used to represent the four protagonists, leaving the impression that even though they had never been charged uh, with or tried for any crime, the presumption of their guilt was never in question. Mm-hmm. And that has left the horrific human rights violations and stain on our national honor that is Guantanamo unchallenged. Huh. Four, given the gravity of these issues, I did not insist on a full fact-checking process to ensure that the highest standards of accuracy were being met. Number five, number five, I failed, failed, and absolutely failed to understand just how exhausted by and disgusted with the perpetual representation of Muslim men and women as terrorists or former terrorists or potential terrorists the Muslim people are. That was a failure of empathy and respect on my part and therefore the gravest of failures. I am so sorry for all these failures. Holy shit. It's called an apology. (laughs) Okay. Okay. When we, I used to talk a lot in the Trump years about how men are physically incapable of apologizing. (laughs) And this woman 
this is how you make an apology. And mind you, she did this privately saying, I want to make sure you hear this from me because I'm not doing this for publicity. And they're the ones that said, oh, no, you should make that public. And she did. Truly, this reminds me of um, in the last couple days, Coolio died. Are (laughs) you super familiar with Coolio? I am super familiar with Coolio. Um, He. uh, Why are we talking about Coolio? Because there's a quote that he put up that is very similar that he said. So apparently after um, Weird Al did uh, um, Amish Paradise, he got really mad and thought it was bullshit. And after he died, somebody um, reposted this. Um, basically, do you still have beef with Weird Weird Al? And this is what Coolio said. Fuck no, man. I let go. Let that go so long ago. Let me say this. I apologized to Weird Al a long time ago, and I was wrong. Y'all remember that. Everyone out there who reads this shit. Real men and real people should be able to admit when they're wrong, and I was wrong, bro. Come on, who the fuck am I? He did parodies of Michael Jackson. He did parodies of all kinds of people. And I took offense to it because I was being a co- being cocky and shit and being stupid and I was wrong. And I should have embraced that shit and went with it. I listened to it a couple of years after that and it's actually funny as shit. It's one of those things that I made a wrong call and nobody stopped me. That's one thing I'm still ap- upset about, my management at the time. Someone should have stopped me from making that statement because it was dumb and I think it hurt me a little bit. It made me seem stupid. That is a fucking apology. <laughs> Here are all the things that went wrong. Here's what I was thinking. Here's why I was wrong about that. And here's how I have moved forward. Mm -hmm. These are how you apologize. So one thing I want to point out about this Abigail Disney letter is, so she kind of distanced herself from the film as much as she really could. I just want to point out the fact that a white woman directed this movie. Not great. Is not great, but it's also not the pressing concern of all the people complaining about it. So this film premieres at Sundance, and this past week, the New York Times uh, published an article about the movie. Here's the headline. Sundance liked her documentary on terrorism until Muslim critics didn't. Basically implying that everything was fine with this movie until some brown people complained about her identity. She actually said in the article, they say Miss Smaker is the latest white documentarian to tell the story of Muslims through a lens of the war on terror. These documentary make these documentary makers, they say, take their white Western gaze and claim to film victims with empathy. And then he cherry picks a couple of tweets to talk about the identity aspect. But again, as I, feel I just like said, everything he just said was correct. I mean, that is an issue. It is not the only issue, and it's not the primary issue that the Muslims brought up, that Abigail Disney responded to. The fact that she happened to be white is just, it's not the biggest problem here. It's it's more of a catalyst of maybe how we got to where (laughs) we were. But had a different filmmaker made the same film, most of these concerns, complaints would still be there. So the headline framing is bad. Here's why I'm talking about it on this. One, because it's religion-related. But two, Sam Harris's tweet on this. Oh, Sam Harris. Quotes the New York Times article. Oh, posts the New York Times article. Uh, Identity politics uh, poisons everything. Richard Dawkins, Sundance, and others cancel a talented filmmaker for, for Islamophobia and white saviorism. I mean... Jerry Coyne, who wrote some great books on evolution. Jerry Coyne, I interviewed Jerry Coyne. I was so hungover. He referred to Abigail Disney's letter that I read you as, quote, pathetic, cringe-making, reprehensible, and disgusting. To 
to Abigail Disney's letter. Are we going to end up like this? Yes. Like in 25 years, are yeah. we going to be the the people who are have just turned our back on every value that we've espoused our entire life? That is correct. Uh, this I is episode like not... 446. Uh-huh. I give us to like 523. Yeah. And I will be uh, full 450 right is coming up. Is that a significant anything? It is not. Cool. Just yeah, saying, I, truly, no one's going after her for the identity. They're going after her because this film is doing so many ethically dubious things. And by doing it, it actually makes life worse and for em- Muslims. And it's embarrassing for these men who say that they are like, they follow the facts and they believe in science. Like their whole fucking thing is if you present me evidence, I'll change my mind. And yeah. this, these people are saying, here's some evidence mm-hmm. of how we are portrayed in Hollywood. Cut it the fuck <laughs> out, you guys. And they're like, this thing that I didn't even hear of before is now being criticized, and I'm mad about it. They are like Ben Shapiro and Lizzo's flute. It's so embarrassing, and it makes us all look like fucking assholes. These Every guys who have helped contribute to the demonization of Muslims, um, far beyond just pointing out the religious fallacies mm-hmm. and things like that, they're doing it again because this version of the story that attacks this woman for her identity and only briefly, superficially goes into all the other problems, that fits their narrative because they are very much right wing when it comes to these identity politics, woke issues like that. What? No, okay. don't, don't. Different episode. Need a full episode for that. Okay. But I just have questions, okay? I okay. will direct you okay. to drudge. Oh, boy. Is that it? Are we done? Oh, one more. Oh, okay. I I figured I'd leave you on a happy story. Oh, thank you. Um, Indiana has its own abortion ban. This is not the happy part of it. Uh, (laughs) But basically, in early August, Indiana's Republican governor, Eric Holcomb, signed an extreme abortion ban into law. They used to have a 22-week ban in place. That was bad. Mm. Now they are going to prohibit the procedure with virtually no exceptions. That law went into effect September 15th this month. And now the Satanic Temple has gone into action. They are suing the state. And this is where it gets interesting because they're using a whole bunch of different legal arguments, I think kind of hoping something will stick. And I want to tell you some of these things. They're going after Holcomb and Indiana's attorney general. And basically they say they represent a number of women who remain anonymous and they believe having an abortion is consistent with their religious views. So stopping them from exercising that view is a violation of their First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. But they actually get into a few different uh, things about this. They argue... So first, they make this religious freedom argument, Mm -hmm. the Hobby Lobby argument. Mm -hmm. You You can't get in the way of our religious freedom. They argue that Indiana's law violates a woman's property rights by taking something of hers, her uterus... Without offering compensation. You can't take over something that is hers without paying oh, her take for it. over it. You said take it, it taking and... Taking something is the language I believe they used in the lawsuit. Okay. But you're, ta- you're taking sure, control sure, 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 of her sure. uterus. Yeah, that's you fair. You can pay her for it. I mean, yeah. They say women have the... The Satanists say women have the right to remove their uterus, rent it out, surrogacy, mm-hmm. uh, become pregnant, use birth control, or avoid pregnancy and have an abortion. Indiana's getting in the way of all that by taking away this means of doing all those things. Mm. So that's one argument. Mm-hmm. They argue that Indiana's law subjects women to involuntary servitude. 
by forcing her to use her body to carry the pregnancy That's through to birth. Correct. That violates her 13th Amendment rights. They argue Indiana's law discriminates between women who become pregnant by accident and cannot get an abortion. And women who become pregnant through rape or incest who fit the exception. That has always can. been something that really did not sit well with me. And they said that violates the 14th Amendment's that feels uh, like equal an protection clause. Arbitrary. And if. Like the method you got pregnant, some right. of you can get an abortion, some of you well, can't. Well, it's arbitrary, if not very blurry. <laughs> they also argue that Indiana's law discriminates between women who become pregnant despite using birth control and then can't get an abortion because they had sex, they used birth control, it didn't work, but they can't get an abortion versus women who use like in vitro fertilization Mm -hmm. who are exempt from the law. So again, it goes back to the same thing. Some women are going to get pregnant, but you discriminate against certain ones because of the method or something. And they also argue Indiana's law violates the state's Religious Freedom Restoration Act by punishing their satanic abortion ritual, which is a religious ritual they have whenever they have an abortion. Um, So will any of it work? I don't know. Um, In the past... It has not when they have filed these religious, like, right. respect our religion. Hasn't worked in the courts in the past. Missouri, they tried it, didn't work. Well, didn't, like, a, a Jewish temple or something like that try something in Florida, I want to say? Uh, yeah, there is. There are multiple cases yeah, right now. Yeah, they I think Florida is the one you're talking about. You're right. Where different religious groups have filed similar claims. Yeah. And, like, they're not Satanists. Right. Like, they're making the same arguments, though. They're still working their way through the courts. Um, so I don't know. I, I've never seen the Satanists attempt this many arguments mm. at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, like, religious freedom never seems to apply to less popular religions. Correct. So Correct. I don't it know. It only applies to Christians. And we've seen so many judges bend over backwards to accommodate Christians who mm. requested, like, I want to infect people with the... Oh, well, COVID. yes, yes, sir. Of course you can do that. If, if That's what Jesus would have wanted yeah. after all. Um, and yet when Satanists are like, I just want control over my body, they're like, eh, mm. I think you need to earn that right, Missy. I should say it's possible this lawsuit maybe, uh, maybe it won't matter at all because this week a judge put the, or maybe it was last week, a judge put the abortion ban in Indiana on hold, saying it likely violates the state's constitution. Mm. So it's right now the abortion, uh, the ban in Indiana, not currently in effect because of this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So for now, like. It's still legal, at least to a point. Sure. So we'll see. But again, I appreciate that they're trying. Yeah. I don't know that it'll work. I do like seeing religious freedom arguments used by non-Christians to fight back against Christian nationalism and this right-wing stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, I encourage them to throw as much spaghetti at the wall and see whatever sticks, you know? That's all I got. What's coming up in the bonus? Um, I'm going to tell you about the biggest fucking horse I've ever seen that we're trying to buy, but who knows? Um, actually more horse news. We bought two horses, brought them home. Want to talk to you about them. Um, Do you though? My IUD story. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, it was my dad's birthday. Happy birthday. I need to talk about that, but my birthday's in two days. Happy early birthday. Shut up, Hammond. You didn't know. For Jess's birthday, she would like you to give to Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com slash slash friendly atheist podcast. By the way, I put up like a pretty pathetic uh, (laughs) um, call to action about last week's episode and how... The fact that we have a Patreon is the only reason that we were both willing to have Hemet pick me and Mikey <laughs> out from the airport, come home, record deliriously, and like we would not have had an episode if we weren't making money off it. I'm sorry if that sounds terrible, but like 
I have three jobs. Hammond has <laughs> 14. That's uh, a nice way of saying zero. <laughs> yeah, I was really trying not to call you out, but I'm doing my best. He's a house Just husband. do whatever I do. Um, so anyway, so my IUD story I'll tell you about. Um, we just finished, again, the staircase, which I would love to talk to you about. And I have some thoughts on the uh, Dahmer show and the criticisms Ooh. that have come with it. All right. We'll see you next wait, week. Wait, you wait, can wait. We have not you. done any of this. You can find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter. You can also find me at Only Sky if you want to check out the articles. You can find me at Jess Blimke on Twitter. You can also always leave us a rating and review on iTunes. This most recent one is called This Show Saved My Life. It's just the first. I always Aww. just pick the first one. So sometimes and it's very it's mean nice and sometimes one. it's very nice. It's from Alex Atheist. I love Jessica and Hammond, Jessica's voice included. Thank you. I've contacted them on several occasions, and they answer with complete professionalism. Oh, boy. Jessica's interview with Mike Flanagan inspired this writing. Oh, I'm seven years in rational recovery and was thrilled by the interview. I'm sorry I can't be a financial support to the show. That's okay, Alex. Um, being unemployed. So is Hammond. Jess and Hammond yeah. have saved me from suicide. T- oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jess and Hammond have saved me from suicide twice. They saved my life, and when I was sexually... Ass- And when I was sexually assaulted, Jess's courage saw me through. I didn't read it before I read it, you guys. And so, that was so self-indulgent. Holy shit. Sorry. Um, I wow. hope you're doing well, Alex. Yeah, Alex. Jesus, what a compliment. Um, and I, golly, thank you for your support. And I hope... I, I've... We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>